As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. To Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, it's episode 342, and today we're gonna go bananas. <laughs> we're gonna go monkey nuts? Yeah, we're, we're watching two movies about some fucking mad as shit fucking monkeys. One called Link from 1986, and Monkey Shines from 1988. And you can find both of these online. There's a link is going to be a little bit harder. You're going to have to subscribe to Movie Sphere, which is on a subscription through Amazon Prime that you can do for like a seven day trial. Or you can go to moviesphere, I guess, dot com. I don't know. I think it's like a Tribeca Film Festival uh, oh, thing. App. Yeah. And, and then the other one, Monkey Shines, is on Amazon and Pluto. Yep. So you can watch both of those. But yeah, so we're excited to talk about these fucking monkey movies. I don't know, we were trying to do something a little bit different, and next week is going to be almost kind of similar to this one, but a little different. We kind of know what we're watching, but it's going to be bigger than just monkeys. You'll see. Ah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, how are you doing, Christina? What's going on with you? I'm good. I had a good birthday. Yes, that's right. Alex and I did my favorite thing in the whole world. We had a really good couple of days, yeah. and then today took a shit on us. We knocked over our horror shot today <laughs> it's okay i didn't need it anyway right but, but we did have a really good time together did you have fun yes i did yeah we got high and we went to costco that's yeah. my favorite thing <laughs> dude she kept asking me in the aisle hey are you okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm fine i'm just zoned out dude are you okay you okay and it was just so sweet because she really is just looking out for me because she knows I hate going to the grocery store. I hate leaving the house. So well, yeah, that's like it's a big thing. But I mean, when I'm in the grocery store, I just like, I'm like, get in, get out, let's go. You know, like. Yeah, you can't do that in Costco. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, oh, and then we had uh, some of your friends come by at night. Yeah, that was nice. You guys had some drinks. We ate some cheesecake. Yes, we did. Yes. Big old hunk of cheesecake. We had half the cheesecake that night. Yeah, thank God. We had like basically like two pieces mm-hmm. smothered in strawberry. <laughs> so yeah we had a good time christina uh did you see the new music video for doja cat yes i did actually i'm not a fan of the song really but i thought i thought it was a good song i like that devil song that she does like i always hear on tiktok it gets stuck in my head mm-hmm. she's a devil she's a bad little bitch i'm a rebel <laughs> you know that song so i right. thought it was gonna be that one but it's this new song called demon demons right. 
Demons. Yeah, and she's like talking about her own demons. Yeah. And how they're going to affect you because of her own demons or something like that. Right, and then Christina Ricci's in the uh, the music video. Not Ricci, Rich, Ricci. Whatever. She's in the, the <laughs> music video, and then it's all horror related. There was definitely Poltergeist references because they did the entire kitchen scene from that. Like the actual kitchen. Like, which was really cool. Yeah, like, it was cool. They did a really good job on that. And then they did, uh, uh, I think it was... Skinamarink. I could be wrong, but there was two well, kids was... sitting in front of a TV, so I was thinking Skinamarink because... That could have been anything, I think. Because Skinamarink is where two kids are watching TV while their parents disappear, you know? You're right, but the parents didn't disappear, so... Yeah, know. I don't know. It's just weird. It was a good video, though. I, I like thought it was the song. Cool. They, yeah, they did The Exorcist and, like, a couple other things in there, but they didn't do it too hard. But I loved that they did the, the set of the poltergeist. I don't know. It looked really accurate, actually. <laughs> like, right. They had the spinning chair thing. They like have her spinning on the chair, and she's like dressed up in this devil thing. I'm oh, not. Yeah, a, cool. I'm not a fan, but it's like you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw some horror at me, I'll fucking take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'll watch whatever it is. Speaking of which, we got some new shows coming up here. We got um, American Horror Story. Is that already started now? I think it starts this week. Is it? Yeah. And then we got Gamera, an animated series on Netflix coming up. There's like that's Godzilla. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead is coming back. We got oh that uh the fear or not Fear the Walking Dead but the Walking Dead the Daryl one Daryl Dixon. It so I was reading and it's literally gonna be like The Last of Us where oh he's God. gonna find this kid who's who's gonna save the the world and he has to protect the kid. <laughs> and uh, and I read this thing because I guess they when they were when they were filming. This show, The Last of Us, came out and everyone was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, no, The Last of Us has been around for a long time because of the game. Right, but I guess they didn't know about the game. I don't know. I think they probably bought, boosted it from the game because, oh, okay. well, yeah, I don't know. because that's not their idea. I mean, it's not like uncommon to, to have a movie about some disgruntled well, yeah, exactly. person who doesn't get along with X kid. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's been in everything, you know, since we were kids, you know. But, and then they end up being good friends or something like that. There's always like that story, right? Right. I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to AHS, but I really just don't understand why they put Kim Kardashian in there. Because he likes, uh, Ryan Murphy likes pop culture. I mean, and... he's never been like horribly wrong, except for me, Roanoke. I just can't, I couldn't get into that we one. We didn't even watch the last season, so. What I was mean, the last season? I don't remember, but we didn't watch it. We watched it. Double Feature, but we didn't watch the little short ones that they did. Right, stories, but there was a season in between the two, I'm pretty sure. I don't think there was. Yeah, from last year, I'm pretty I, sure. I think they've been doing the stories, and then it's now back, the full thing. Okay. So, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. Are you guys going to watch it? I'm kind of curious about it. I have, I've, for the most part, I'd say there's more good in American Horror Story than bad. And it goes for, it always goes wild by the end of the movie. And that could be good or bad. Or right. The series, I mean, the, the, the each season. Right. I really wish that we could get some fucking, uh, all those fucking Channel Zero ones back. Because I really like those. And they're based off of. Uh, they they haven't been on forever. So but, you're never, you're never going to see that again. But they're based off the, the internet horror memes. Right. Um, creepypastas. Creepypastas, yeah. 
So, which, you know, that's like an untouched thing because like the internet kind of came up with all of those. So nobody takes credit for it. And there's like people that do own it and there's like all these rights issues. So I don't know how you get around it. But. Yeah. And some kids killed, you know, another kid because of it. You know? Yeah. Oh, well, the Slender Man thing. That doesn't yeah. help. <laughs> I don't know. I just missed those. Those are really, those are really good to me. Like I really got into those and I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of stuff that's really violent and stuff, but we got, what do we got? Oh, we got Monarch. There's going to be a TV show for Godzilla where it's like how Monarch got started or something like that. It's like in between Godzilla and like the king of the king of the monsters or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a Gamera fucking TV show coming on. And uh, is it live action or is it animated? It's animated and it's kind of weird. Like they do this 3d animated thing where it's like 20 frames per second. So it's like slower than like the regular 24 Mm -hmm. or 27 sometimes people use so it looks real shaky so if you've got like (laughs) if you got seizure problems i probably wouldn't watch it because like Mm -hmm. the the frames are all fucked up but yeah bunch of stuff coming up i'm looking forward to a few things i mean that's pretty much all we're gonna get for a while because until this fucking goddamn strike fucking ends i don't know what there is to look forward to we're just gonna have to talk about old movies and fortunately that's what our podcast does so you know you're welcome <laughs> at least you'll have a 24 films right what oh that's right yeah. yeah they're they're just gonna be like the number one her and taylor uh, see a23 and or a24 and fucking <laughs> taylor swift are gonna save the industry for theaters that's true <laughs> She's just going to put a new show on every week. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I bet you they'd pay her. I bet you they'd pay her to fill those seats. Yeah. It's better than not having movies. Yeah. Well, they had to move the Exorcist back, too, a weekend. It makes you wonder, man, like, all these rich fuckers that, like, can't just cut a fucking deal for the writers and all the people in the background. Like, really? You're going to argue and bitch about a couple million dollars when you spend, like, $270 million on a a fucking movie? That's a capitalism thing. (laughs) Jesus, man. Just fucking give them what they want, man. Like... No, it's okay. Actually, I mean, it's probably kind of good because... Um, now the indie, the indie indis- sphere. Well, everything's going to change now. Right. Well, I it you already know? did it's because changing. of the, you know, the big C. And so we we laid heavy on all the indies. <laughs> well, it's going to change again. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't it's know. I hope that. so. I hope we can get fucking, like, help these people out and get things going because, you know... I mean, I don't mind catching up on all the movies I haven't seen. That's fine. You know? There you go. <laughs> anyway... I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, guys. So we only have one shot here. Other one's tipsy. I was fucking pissed. I moved my monitors so that she could see me because she's kind of like had a corner of me while I'm facing my monitors. (laughs) And like... I usually turn my fucking monitor horizontal, and when I did so, I knocked over her shot, so I was pretty pissed. Okay, no shot for me. Yep, so I'm just going to be doing it for you. But today, I think we're going to be taking a shot based off the movie Link, which is the orangutan monkey that uh, goes bananas. And I figured, you know, I mean, we're not monkeying around here, so I figured we might as well put bananas in the shot, right, of some (laughs) sort. And it's some 99 banana, too. <laughs> it doesn't look too good. Uh, I almost called this shot a monkey cum. 
but I thought maybe. Oh, <laughs> She's so mad at me. Gross. I know, but it really looks like it. So I'm I'm looking forward to this shot. So we're gonna call this one a bad monkey. Okay. <laughs> so what's in a bad monkey? Well, a bad monkey has a half a shot or a half a thing of 99 bananas, and then you whip up almond, vanilla almond milk, froth it so that you can pour some, and then top it with the foam, and then you should have a nice shot. Uh, I have pictures. It goes The foam goes quick because it's almond. Uh-huh. You know, if it was like regular cream, it probably would last a little longer. But yeah, this is almond milk. All right, have fun. I'm going to try it. Okay. Smells fucking good. Like, it smells like banana cream pie. Oh, nice. Is it good? Holy shit. Yeah? Yeah, and 99 bananas is pretty strong. And I I really enjoyed that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was, that's actually really good. You might want to use like a tall shot. Because like, you know, like a half a shot of 99 bananas is like, it's like pretty heavy. So I would use a taller shot glass and then use, like, when you use the the vanilla almond, you know, just pour it up to the top, you know, and then Mm -hmm. use the foam on the top for your shot. Highly recommend doing that because it makes it a lot easier. But damn, that was good, dude. It's strong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's strong, but it tastes like banana cream pie. Mm -hmm. So if you like banana cream pie, you're going to love this. So if you would like to try a bad monkey. All you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and bananas of Link from 1986 and Monkey Shines from 1988. And we're going to go ahead and do that right We're going to kick it off with Link. You want to go ahead and do all the work? You did all the deets? Yes. Link was released September 19th, 1986, when a female zoologist student is invited to a remote seaside mansion to assist a primatology professor with his experiments involving chimpanzees. Dangerous events start to occur, all involving the intelligent 45-year-old chimp named Link. He's not a chimp. He's a fucking orangutan. Well, that's what the thing said. <laughs> I'm just I don't telling know. you. A tagline is, for thousands of years, man has enslaved the ape. Now the tables are about to turn. They've enslaved the ape. Enslaved the ape. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, they just put him in the fucking movies between the years of the late 60s and 80s, right? Wasn't there that Clint Eastwood movie where it's like, where he goes around with an orangutan and they drink beer and stupid shit? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. I don't think they, st- I think they stopped in the 80s after that using monkeys because they were like, yeah, it's like that movie, um, that P- <laughs> Jordan Peele did <laughs> with the chimp that goes bananas and kills everybody. Oh, from uh, that Nope movie. Yeah. <laughs> One of the okay. best things about that that's, movie. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Otherwise, if you like kites. Anyway, go ahead. This was directed by Richard Franklin. Uh, he did a movie called Patrick from 1978. He did Psycho 2 from 83, Cloak and Dagger, 84, FX2. 
from 1991. Yeah, those were popular. Yeah, and he was a producer on the Blue Lagoon from 1991. Boy, that's coming back to bite us again, huh? We just did an episode last one. I mentioned yeah, Blue Lagoon. You did. And then, and then here it is. Here it is. Can't escape it. It's all connected. Uh, this was written by Lee David Zol- Zoltov. Yeah, uh, something Tom- like that. Tom Ackerman and Everett De Roche. Roche? De Roche. De Roche. <laughs> uh, Lee. Lee was mostly a TV writer for shows such as MacGyver, Remington Steel, and Perry Mason. Tom did this in a movie called... Casey's Gift. It was a TV movie. For, yeah, it was a TV movie. Casey's Gift. And then Everett also wrote that Patrick movie, Harley Quinn from 1980 and Razorback from 1984. Oh, that Australian film. The Clive Barker film. What? What? what which one? It's Razorback. Oh, I don't know. All right. Starring Elizabeth Shue, who plays Jane I didn't even recognize as Elizabeth Shue, which I thought right. was funny. Uh, she, you know, she's in The Karate Kid, Leaving Las Vegas, Adventures of Babysitting, Back to the Future 2 and 3. Right. And most recently, she was in the boys TV show. She was a CEO. She was our childhood sweetheart. Yes. <laughs> we also have Terrence Stamp, who plays Dr. Stephen Phillip. He was, uh, he was in Star Wars Episode 1. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I love that movie. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, he was also in Superman. And more recently, he was Last Night in Soho. Oh, okay. He's been a shit total. Was he the creepy man that was in the fucking... The old man. Yeah. He was the old man, because he's fucking old. He was the one that was following around, the drunk guy who was like in the Last Night in Soho. Yeah. He was like, I recognize you or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Finch, who plays David, was in John Wycliffe, The Morning Star, and Worlds Beyond from 1997. Or Worlds, yeah, I said it right, Worlds Beyond, okay. We have Richard Garnett, who plays Dennis. He was in Jeeves and Wooster. Oh, everybody loves that. I have no idea what that is. (laughs) Neither do I. Okay, Uh, Tom's Midnight Garden from 89, and the Young Indiana Jones Chronicle TV show. Uh, We have David- Was that with River Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, 1992. I think it was one season. Yeah. David O'Hara, who plays Tom. He was in Doomsday. He's been a shit ton of stuff. He was in Doomsday. He was in The Departed, Braveheart, Cowboys and Aliens, and like a whole plethora, plethora of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find a budget on this movie, but opening weekend, it made $660,000. Wow. Yeah. Not bad. Gross, it made $1.7 So, yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. And what do you think of this movie, Alex? Oh, man. Uh, so, okay. So, I had to watch this one twice uh, because I my narcolepsy was kicking pretty strong. So, I watched it again today from start to finish. And I actually enjoyed it the second time much better than I was enjoying it that night. So, I'm so glad that I actually sat and actually watched it. Uh, It does feel a little choppy. The characters aren't very strong. I don't know. Somehow, some of the recording in it, like the audio in it, was really not that good either. Right. So, it kind of ruined the film a little bit for me. Like, it just doesn't doesn't make you feel as present. When they're shouting, it's good. But when they're just kind of talking, it just was... It wasn't sounding right. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, you know, I remember this movie when I was a kid. I always remember the cover on the front with the little fucking orangutan with the match in the front of the thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, scary monkey movie, you know. Mm -hmm. And there's like three movies that come to mind when I think of the scary monkey movies. And I know there's Shockma. Don't forget about that one, too. But I always think of Monkey Shines, which we watch next. And then this one. And then I always remember the monkey with... Gorillas in the Mist. No, Christina. <laughs> Phenomena, a.k.a. Creepers with... Who played uh, Dr. Loomis? Why am I my brain farting in Halloween? I don't know. You know who it is. You know who played in Halloween, right? Donald Pleasance uh, is in that movie with the Creepers, which is an Ario, Dario Argento film, but they have like a monkey in there. For some reason, those three films just always bounce around in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but... This one is, I wish it was like angry and violent, (laughs) but the music kind of sets the tone for this movie, which is pretty wild. It's actually done by Jerry Goldsmith, and you can see that he's really tuning into his gremlin stuff pretty much, almost exactly. Like, you know, it's like everything's off a little bit, but it's all very similar. Very similar. And uh, so it's like a super silly soundtrack that is over this kind of serious movie. And it's like trying to blur the line between, you know, is something bad going to happen or is something not bad going to happen? And everything, all these like things start happening. And you're kind of like sitting there going, okay, is the ape doing this? Like, what's going on? There's sort of like a twist in the movie that isn't, it's pretty obvious, you know, but there's like a thing that happens in the movie kind of dismisses any of your doubts. And then by the end of the movie, how how that happens, you're kind of like, yeah, I don't I don't think that, that the monkeys would be that smart. But, you know, it's a hypothetical, right? You know, our monkeys, because we're, you know, the, everybody thinks that we were evolved from monkeys for a time and they're so close to smart, but there's like that, percent of their brain that doesn't allow them to be like actual intelligence like us they're just super smart and that's kind of what this movie is sort of playing with but there's a couple of different types of people two different characters in the movie a doctor who treats treats all these monkeys like shit and a new girl who's his assistant who kind of treats them like human beings and both of them are wrong for multiple different reasons in this movie it's like a it's like a British film. It was shot in like London or something like that. Um, and I I don't know. It's like out in the middle of nowhere on this sort of like island almost, like by the sea or something. So it's very isolated, and it's kind of like an interesting setting for it. But ultimately, a lot of the stuff that happened in it is probably just based the performance of it. I mean is probably based on, you know, how well the monkeys do. And if you've ever worked with animals, anybody will tell you, never work with animals or kids because <laughs> those are the two hardest things to shoot around when you're trying to get shit done. But they did it in this movie, and I think they did a fairly decent job of making a semi-interesting movie. It's just not that good, you know? Right. it's It's like kind of boring if the animal was like ripping people apart or something like that and they made it into this sort of kind of scary movie instead of you know curious george does bad things right i would probably be more into this movie and you know it's been a while since i've seen it so i don't i didn't really remember that much about it Mm-hmm. And yeah, this this one is on a sillier side. Like I said, the second time I watched it, it kind of felt like it flowed better the first than the first time. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I think it's for people that are, you know, mildly, you got to be really interested in these kind of movies to want to see this. And I've heard Shockma isn't all that great either. And I've seen bits and pieces of it. it, it, it I don't know. There's like one big scene that everybody likes in Shockma, and that's about it. This movie does pick up its pace a little bit in the third act, but it's just kind of like, eh, I don't know. How much can you make a, mo- a monkey look mean? You know, they kind of do some things in the movie that are kind of creepy with the monkey, but and kind of like just kind of trip you out a little bit. But the monkey's still cute. Yeah, it's still kind of cute. And you just like, I think they do an okay job. Like, I kind of felt like he was evil because he's doing all these nice things and tricking all the humans into getting murdered, basically. It's like he, it wasn't like he, he was evil, but it, it was like mischievous cuteness right but like in my mind what i want to see is i want to see a fucking orangutan like Rip literally face off yeah like chewing off their body parts and dragging around a half skeleton you know and <laughs> <laughs> and dragging it up the side of the house as it's climbing around so like know? almost like that scene in the omen right i mean you would have to do cg for this kind of thing i understand they didn't, they didn't have that back in 1986 yeah, they, so they did some creative stuff with it obviously because it's not hard it's not easy to training these fucking you know monkeys to do everything you want you couldn't drag around a half-eaten corpse you know with a monkey <laughs> i mean maybe you could i don't know <laughs> maybe uh, monkeys have advanced maybe they're more evolved now and they can like actually speak and i haven't checked in on them in a while i haven't seen too many movies I checked in on them. maybe we should go to the zoo <laughs> i was gonna say i haven't seen a monkey since i went to the zoo let alone on tv you know <laughs> Yeah, the last monkey we saw was on in Nope. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it was something like that. Anyway, probably not a very big watch. Like you know, it's not a rewatch. It's probably why it's not gotten like a a really good release just yet. You know, it's it's an okay movie. Like I'd probably give it like a five point five. You know, out of ten. Mm-hmm. Nothing special. Cool moments that some funny things happen in the movie that we were making commentary on. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of deserves its own commentary while you're watching it kind of thing. So what do you think, Christina? Uh, it, I'm, I kind of agree with you. It was like weird and it was like mod podge together and it was really boring up until maybe, I don't know, the last 20 minutes. But as I always say, when you have to sit through a boring movie and then it picks up like it's not worth it you know i don't know i think so but the plot was like weird too because it was like the whole reasoning of her being at this house doesn't make any goddamn sense like to be secluded like that yeah well she's desperate she's a zoologist come on anyway that doesn't make (laughs) it still doesn't make any sense and then also, the like, any time they show the monkey doing anything, especially, like, evil, like, circus music would play. And I didn't yeah. think that was, yeah, that didn't really set the tone. That's what I'm saying. It didn't it sound mischievous, like, not evil. Yeah, it was, like, mismatched to what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, and no, like, shade at Jerry Goldsmith, by the way, just, just so you know. I mean. But everyone is so mean to the animals, like, all of them. Like, everyone is mean to these animals. No wonder they turned out like this. Yeah. Like, you can't just oh, boss them around like that. Jesus. But... Some of the deaths in it, though, they have some pretty violent shit, but you did, they cut before you can see it. Right. The animals did a good job, though, I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. Personality-wise, yeah. Yeah. Pers- yeah. And they were cute. They were cute monkeys but you couldn't you couldn't make a movie like this nowadays no way but i i do like in the movie how it it it, like we were saying it was like really weird because it it wasn't 
like scary or anything, but it gradually, slowly, like turned into a horror movie, mm. which you know we'll talk about more later. But yeah, how many chimps do you think they went through making this movie? What do you mean through? Did they die? Just I'm just what your guess is. I think they used. Oh, you must know some trivia. I'm gonna say like ten or twenty. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give us a four. Yeah, four out of ten. Okay. I think there's some good stuff in it. I don't think it's a bad movie. If you're nostalgic of the 80s, it's probably better than it is for someone just seeing it for their first time. Just because you got Elizabeth Shue and... Well, this is like the beginning of her career, really, because her career didn't really take off until Back to the Future 2. Yeah. So... Terrence Stamp is really good in it. I just... I don't know. I don't think he wasn't... Actually, I wouldn't say he's really good in it. I think he was very average in it. And that's sad because he's actually pretty good. But they just didn't bounce off each other well. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of do, but, like, he's he's in it for such a short amount of time. I thought they could have bounced off each other just a little bit more, you know? Could have made it work. I don't know. So, you give it a 4, I give it a 5.5. That's a 4.75 between the two of us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's probably about right. Right. Um, some people gave it like a five, six or something online. A lot of people mm. did. So nostalgia. It's just really, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're an eighties person, it's probably going to bode better. You know, like if you live through the eighties and you can excuse it for some of the stuff that it does. Exactly. Kids these days, they're not going to excuse oh, no that way. shit. Yeah. Not, especially using real monkeys and shit. Oh, Every, no. Everybody's been making fun of me because I say kids these days. Like I got called out for that by John this week. Yeah, you did. I don't care. Like. I'm fucking, you know, old enough to have... I'm an old man. When I say kids, I'm talking about, like, you know, teenagers. Like, kids right. that are, like, you know, 15. Gen Z. People who would just start watching these movies would not want to watch this kind of movie. No. You know no what way. I mean? Like, what are they? Are they orangutans? Huh? John? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Just a heads up, guys. So, if you want to check out this movie, it's probably going to be a little bit more on the thriller side than it is horror but I would still say it's frightening, you know, so I still think it fits in horror. But yeah, we're talking about thrillers this episode in particular for both movies. So just mm-hmm. just know that moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I we do have some trivia on these. So we're going to get into that now. If you'd like to watch the movie, you can, of course, go and check it out on your seven day trial of Movie Sphere on Amazon. So, you know, we basically just cancel it right afterwards. I mean, I'm not trying to like encourage people to rip people off, but it mean if you like it, stay on the program. It's only four ninety nine a month after that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not sponsoring this. I'm just letting you know a heads up. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So, Christina, I asked you how many monkeys do you think they went through to in the making of what did I say like ten or twenty? About ten you said. Yeah. Something like that. 137. Holy fucking shit. Monkeys were thrown off a cliff. No, they weren't. They were kicked and run over by the... No, they weren't, because that wasn't even in the... Are you trying to trick me? Did they really use 100 monkeys, though? they did not. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know anything about that. I'm sure there was, like, some sort of regulation. (laughs) But I wanted to make it sound like Homeward Bound, you know? Like, where it just ruins the fucking movie. (gasps) That's right, because they did that in that movie. They literally threw animals over a cliff. Uh... That, that kind of makes me sad, though. Yeah. Monkeys is one thing, but animals, like dogs. Like, like the cat, the cats. Yeah. Oh, we got to get it. Its arms going up instead of down. I don't like that. Well, go ahead and throw another soul into the pile. <laughs> you know, it's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so Richard Franklin, the director, said that what sparked the idea of the film was uh, Goodall observing the cannibalizing of young chimpanzees by one particular mad female chimp. 
and she observed actual intertribal warfare, not unlike the opening of 2001, between, you know, where the monkeys are, like, uh, throwing the bone in the air. Right, because she also reused that scene in Barbie. Oh, did they really? Yep. Okay, well, that's, yeah, it's a very popular, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the whole 60s idea of man being the only animal to make war against its own kind was suddenly thrown out the window. Since then, they discovered that lions and other animals actually do it as well. But to him at the time, it was a really interesting idea for a really good thriller. Also, Richard Franklin tried to, to get finance for the film in Australia in 1981, but was offered Psycho 2, which led to Cloak and Dagger. And after those films, he decided to, to reactivate this concept or whatever. And uh, it was made in the UK for EMI films, which the English setting is, is what was very essential to him. Mm-hmm. He said, because I wanted to contrast the primi- the primitivism of jungle animals and old world values, high culture and civilization, which, you know, is one of the subjects of the picture, basically. It's weird. I guess because the monkeys were dressed up, at least Link was. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Franklin was asked to use makeup for the apes, but he elected to use real apes instead and edited <laughs> editing techniques to make it seem how they were reacting. So like we were talking okay. about, it probably took a lot of shots. Right. Cost right. a lot of film to make this movie. And ultimately it was probably not worth, you know, the yeah. money if it only made a half a million dollars just about. Right. But from a technical viewpoint, he said, it was really not as hard to do as I had anticipated. But there was a lot of pressure on me, even at the last minute, to use men in suits, which I thought would be dishonest. We weren't making a fantasy, and we weren't making Greystroke and its fable-like qualities. We were doing something which was supposed to be based on what chimps can really do, mm-hmm. which I agree, you know, but you're gonna, it's going to lack in some areas. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always a challenge. I'm sure. Um, They finished the filming in July of 1985, and it was one of the last films made under the regime of uh, Verity Lambert at EMI, who ran that for quite a long time. So, Mm -hmm. but the uh, the killings are strange. He says, with one chimp actually pulling somebody through a mail slot, which is kind of different. And I really wish they would have showed that Mm -hmm. because they just you just he yanks his arm, you hear his neck crack. They pause on his neck for a second, and I wanted to see him just yank him out that door, dude. <laughs> My God, would that have been an awesome I scene? Know. I wonder. I would have never. You would never see a movie like it that. It was like hesit. He was. It was like hesitating that scene. They could have it faked weird. it. They could have just yanked him through there. Yeah. They're talking about they could have done a cut shot, like a ten or eight times stronger than a human being. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it could drive a car too. You know. So. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it, if it drove it or pushed, pushed it. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. He said it breaks new ground and cinemata- cinematically it has never been done. Which, couldn't you imagine if you would have added gore to that and ripped his arm off and slapped it on his back while he's getting pulled through the fucking hole? Mm-hmm. They show the hole in the extra footage, by the way, because there is a ton of extra footage that they they didn't use. Oh, like you said, because they had to... Well, because it changed hands. The, the company got owned by two different people after this. Mm-hmm. And there was a French version that came out that had a little bit cut too, but had more than the original, mm-hmm. which got cut. And it was like this... You know, there is a German print out there, I think, that has, like, French, vo- or like, like voices that has all the extras on it. You can watch it on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. Just type in Link 1986, and it, it sh- you should be able to find it. Mm-hmm. 
there um it's the the studio canal is the longest one and uh yeah but you see this like big open gaping hole in the mail slot so like the mail slot's gone there's just this kind of like human size like squeeze through it no blood on the door which would have been much better mm. in my opinion you know but it's yeah it just looks like the door's got this huge hole in the middle it's <laughs> kind of funny not like him standing up or anything cartoonish like that you know like oh <laughs> like wily e. coyote fucking hitting a rock and going through it <laughs> there was also an end scene where the the gate of the well was opened Mm-hmm. So when they get in their car, which you never see this in that cut version, which we watched on uh, Movie Sphere, which is the original theatrical, mm-hmm. uh, they show them leaving after the fire's out to get in his car. And then the well is open and you kind of see it and it kind of focuses on it like, oh, did the oh, monkey yeah. really die? Yeah. You know, Because before that, we see him fall in from the roof, you know, mm-hmm. into his monkey demise. Bad I monkey. Guess. I laughed. I was like, "Wee!" <laughs> when the film was released in the U.S. by the Cannon Group, eight minutes apparently was cut total. Despite Franklin's objections, even EMI was taken over by the Cannon Group. Five more minutes were cut out. Jeez. So you know that's a lot of lot of. What stuff. did they cut out? I, I mean, the stuff that they showed in that video wasn't. It was some of it was okay. A lot of it was in the very beginning. Which the beginning of this movie made no goddamn sense. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess they kind of like it just kind of like it's you get to know the characters a little bit more. He said uh, Franken later described this process as each new one chipping a little more away until my wife was moved to liken the plight of the monkey, my monkey movie, to that of the horse in Black Beauty. <laughs> so, uh, the the French cut is three minutes shorter. That's the one I was talking about because there's oh. like two cuts, mm-hmm. and that one has, or so there's three cuts technically. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but yeah, it is 125 extended cut. I guess there's an international version from 2021. 125 minutes extended cut was released in France, and this cut was created based on various sources and features, all scenes from both versions. So they kind of hodgepodge together. Ah. Uh. Anthony Perkins was actually supposed to play the role of Dr. Stephen Phillip, which I can see that. I think he wrote. Who? Who's that? Psycho. Oh, okay. He played Psycho and Anthony Perkins. He was Psycho. Oh, okay. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah, I've seen it. I don't Why know. are you drawing blanks here? I don't know what his name is. Like, Yeah, Anthony Perkins. That's a famous name. Dog. Is it famous? Yes. I didn't know it. Uh, anyway, Phil, he was supposed to play the role. Okay, and he didn't. Clearly. But I could see him in that role. Mm-hmm. Carrie, the chimp who plays Voodoo, is the one that's like angry and they try to kind of like throw you off by like saying, oh, it's he's that's that it's that monkey. Not that's the bad monkey. But then when you she opens the cabinet, she finds it dead and it just falls on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) But she said it's a it's clearly a full grown adult chimpanzee, which they typically do not put in movies because they are very aggressive, which like this movie was playing off of when they said that Link was too old and he had to get put down. Right. Because they get overly aggressive just to see what they can do. Because that's what old people do. Yeah, they get, they're murderers. Yeah. That's why we got to eradicate them. Just <laughs> no, that's why they complain about everything. <laughs> they're old and they have nothing else to do, so they complain. and then Chirp they... at us like chimpanzees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Eradicate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the script originally called for Link to be a chimpanzee, but Locke, when Locke, 
got the role. Link was changed to an orangutan. The, although the trainer Ray Berwick dyed his fur black and gave him prosthetic ears to make him look a little bit more chimp. Okay. Isn't that weird? That was weird. Well, I guess he's an actor. They just the didn't know. Too. I guess back then, everybody everybody was like, oh, it's a monkey. What kind of... Oh, there's different monkeys? Oh, no one will know. No, they're yeah, all know. the same. Everyone's the stupid. Same. They're all dumb. <laughs> anyway, Elizabeth Shue had her first nude scene in this one, obviously, where the love scene between her and Link. Right. Um, yeah. He was, she was feeding him. <laughs> you thirsty? <laughs> Jesus. She was 21 at the time, just so you guys know. But she was showering. She was not. She had not showered yet. She was about to get oh, she, into the bath. Whatever, she's in the bathroom. Yeah, she was going to get in the bath. And Link's little okay, attention stop. span got dragged away. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say. What were you thinking? I was thinking <laughs> what you were going to say. Your nasty little mind. <laughs> anyway. Um, prior to the film's release, though, Franklin said that he had an idea for a follow-up movie about an anthropologist in Africa who becomes involved with a chimpanzee war, and it would be like another in picture, like another movie altogether, so it wouldn't be even the same premise or anything. He said Steven Spielberg said he would direct Jaws 2 if he could do the story of Indianapolis, which is the story that's told in Jaws by Robert Shaw. With Link, he got an entirely different story, which takes chimps as far from the jungles of Africa as possible. However, the commercial failure of Link meant the film was never made. Everybody always compares himself to Steel Spielberg. <laughs> I don't think he means it directly, but I mean, you know what I mean. Like, well, it's common it's thing. Just, to... It's what you're you're inspired by. You know what I mean. So right. I'm not. I'm just being silly, but it's funny. Funny, yeah. Alex. Funny. I know. Really funny, isn't it? What are you talented in? Have you made a movie, bitch? <laughs> no, I haven't. You're right. I'm gonna go grab the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, do you want to mention a couple of scenes, anything that you liked can in the you, movie? Can you explain the very, very beginning of the movie? Because there's a Mae West movie playing on TV, right? Yes, I, got, and, I can tell you right now. I already watched because I rewatched kids, it. Because there's, it doesn't make any goddamn sense It to makes me. perfect sense. Okay, tell me. You want me to tell you? Yes. Okay. So, the monkey perspective you're talking about in the beginning of the movie, where the monkey's like hiding in the bushes and you're yeah. like, what's going on? And then there's like kids. They like do it like a serial killer, like slasher style, where he's like, yeah. you know, like hiding behind bushes and you see a cat and he like chases after the cat and then climbs up a building. Well, if you're right. listening to the beginning of the movie, when Elizabeth Shue follows him into the uh, his lab, uh, there he tells her you know that he's like he's like looking at him he's like oh they got a hold of a pigeon or a cat again and he's like oh the monkey got out and he's fixing the cage while she's holding him and he says ah oh, that ought to keep him in and she's like well what did, why did he get out and he's like he wanted a cat and she's like well why don't you give him a cat and he's like because he likes to eat them and so <laughs> he's he like elf i don't know but the monkey got out that's the monkey oh that was the mo- oh, okay that was being kept at the school that night so that he could show it the next day. Oh. That was... That, that must be... There must have been parts cut out. No, that was in the... It's, it makes sense when I watched well, it, it the did, second it time. Well, it didn't make any goddamn sense to me. Because I caught that part where he eats cats. And in the beginning, I saw the chimp chasing a cat. Okay. And that's why you see okay, the cat upstairs. Okay, I guess upstairs. I'm just stupid and I didn't link the two together. Yeah, that's okay. This is why I'm here. Exactly, so you can do everything. <laughs> okay, there was a part. There was. One well, hold on, hold on. Before you go there, okay. I wanted to mention another scene that was right before that. Um, there was a scene where 
she's so like when she meets dr phillips we get to start the whole movie up and he's like telling a class about how humans can be just as dumb as apes basically or or chimpanzees and that we don't know anything until we're taught it and so that maybe somehow we could teach monkeys to be smart or something like that if we over the time frame could do this mm-hmm. and he's like you know like these three guys here these three humans i told them to get the chimpanzee out of the cage and they didn't think for a second that maybe there's have more than one way than aggressively pulling a chimpanzee out of a cage Mm -hmm. and then he's like he clicks his fingers and the chimp comes over to him or whatever and so then afterwards she's like can i i heard you are looking for an assistant he's like you're a girl it's impossible and she's like what about the laws of discrimination and he smiles and says you wouldn't mind getting the door for me would you and I didn't catch that the first time. Oh, uh, I didn't either. That's really clever writing right there. You know, it's not... It's, and then he It's like the most clever clever thing they did in the movie. Oh. Think about it. He's like, because like men opening doors for women, he's like, can you open the door for me? Get it? Right, I get it. So he's like saying, what about sexual discrimination? Right. Yeah, well, what about you opening doors for me? Right. So that's the joke. And that's why women should open doors. Amen. And podcast over. Have a nice day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I just thought it was funny to point that out. What were you going to say? What was the part that you were going to talk about? Oh, he did. After that part, he did ask, hey, do you cook and clean? And then she was like, well, I am a woman, so I guess it's in my DNA. Right. He was so right. Yeah. And that's why she ended up at the house was so she could cook and clean for him. Right. I mean, he couldn't do it. I mean, think about it. He's a guy. Why would he do stuff like that? Why would he lower himself to Horrible. something like that? <laughs> Horrible. It, yeah, it's an old movie. I mean, you got to give it that. You know what I mean? But anyway, she was supposed to be an assistant and do stuff like that anyway. Right. You know, so I mean, it's just, right. it's not necessarily. And obviously he's playing with it, so it's not a very serious thing. He's mm-hmm. just a very kind of tough of uh, scientist-y guy, you know, like a. I don't know. Old blood. So there's a part where she leaves the castle. She's looking for him because he like he like disappeared. He he was supposed to go into town, but he didn't say goodbye. And he just like disappeared. So she left. She's walking down this trail looking for him without her knowing. Link is following her, right? Mm-hmm. And then these dogs come a barking at her. <laughs> oh yeah, that's you know? kind of a cool part. Yeah. And then Link like he pops up out of nowhere and then he starts bashing the dogs. That, well, they didn't show it. He but, grabs it like yeah, yanks they show it. it like grabbing the dog. And then slams it against the fence post. Right. And then just keeps bashing its head in. Yeah. He just slams it a couple of times and then it lays down and she just, he just throws it on the ground and she's laying right next to it. And she's like, what the fuck? (laughs) That was kind of cool. The dog looks fake as shit, but whatever. (laughs) There was a scene where Link has this big, you know, I don't know if you've seen those dog videos where the dog goes up and pushes like a button and it says the word that they're saying like hungry. Right. Sad. Sad. And they step on the little diagram, little Bitch. pictures. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the the monkeys have this tool as well, and they use it to communicate with each other because they've memorized what each word, each symbol means. And it shows up on this monitor on the screen, which they use throughout the movie, because at one point in time it says, kill Link. And it's like, oh, my God, why would we kill Link? Why would we kill this fucking monkey that's like chewing through bodies and like dragging a half-eaten corpse around with him like that to me would have been so cool he kills while he drags his 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 owner the the doctor around with him yeah that'd be cool come on man yeah like is this blankie Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or like some django shit where he's dragging a fucking 
like Gatling gun, <laughs> like behind him in a fucking coffin. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. But anyway, so she has this board and she helps him talk, and he tells her to cook, and she's like, "No, Link, you can't cook the telephone or something like that." Microwave. Yeah. Don't microwave the telephone. And she's like, "Take out the trash," and he's like, "I no, I won't." And then they argue over dishes, and then it's like. <laughs> It's like real life. It's like real life, Alice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you might get a kick out of it. <laughs> I almost didn't catch it. <laughs> I was wondering. But really, it's just a it's a use so that he can like cut the phone line mm-hmm. so she can't call to get help and isolate her so he can murder her and eat her half-eaten corpse and drag it around with her, his boss. He wishes. You know? <laughs> But the whole twist of the movie is is that they were supposed to kill Link the whole time. And if you listen to Dr. Phillips talk in the beginning of the movie, when he first she first comes to the house, he's like, yeah, and get rid of the uh, older one, too, if you could, you know. Right. And then uh, he's like, I'll pay you whatever. Yes, 3000 That's fine, you know. Right. And, uh, on sh- the phone. Yeah, on the phone. So you basically kind of know, and Link's sitting right there. So it's kind of like this big, you know. But yeah, the Mr. Bailey comes over to get his vo- the voodoo ape, and then he's supposed to kill Link at as well. And she doesn't want to let him, and it's like this whole scene. So there's like this bond there, you know? So it's kind of weird to see this mo- ape or monkey or orangutan or whatever the fuck you want to call it chasing after her later on because there's a scene where she tries to leave in the van that the Bailey's guy came in mm-hmm. that they find on the side of the road. So she has him push the van and try to start it up and then it kind of stalls and then starts back up and he pushes it, stalls again, and then he starts pushing her in the van to the cliff. And it's like, no, Link, stop. <laughs> and she jumps out right at the fucking edge of it. I'm like, oh. And then that's when she also sees the yeah. the professor's car. So you know that the professor's dead. Like I said, I really hope, I wish he would have been half eaten. Right. Dragging his like bloody corpse behind him would have been fucking glorious. Right. But, you know, that's not the movie we got. You know, maybe James Wan can, and the team that did uh, <laughs> Megan and, and fucking Malignant could put that one together. Because I feel like that would be a really good movie. Like a very scary one, you know, where, you know. Animals are scary. Wild animals are scary. But then, like, maybe, like, James Wan will go to jail because he was, like, instigating, like, the uprising against the apes. And this is how we let him out and they get the, smart again. And that's when AI, the future. The AI apes. Yeah. <laughs> you just make them, you know. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. She goes to take a bath, too. There's that weird where he's staring at her, and then he keeps staring at her, and she was like, I was like, Link. I was like, ew, what are they doing right here? I was like, you won't. But and then she puts on her robe, and they just kind of like lock eyes, and like they make love. They and- don't. <laughs> don't listen to him. Anyway, it's just, you know. Awkward. It is awkward. It kind of like sexualizes the chimp a little bit. I, I felt bad for the chimp in that situation. You know what I <laughs> Why, mean? Why? Because you think he had blue balls or something? Well, no, it's like a little kid. You know what I mean? You don't know what the fuck's going. That thing doesn't know what's going on. He's a forty-three-year-old ape. I mean, they probably do jerk off a lot. Probably, I've heard monkeys jerk off a he's lot. He's probably neutered. Do they get neutered? I don't know. Don't they fling their like stuff all over the place? Their poop and their I don't know excrement. They eat it. I don't know. I don't know. So do toddlers. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's a scene also, one of my favorite scenes is not the mailbox scene, which I already told you, but the 
guy, one of David's friends, like her friends is from school, right. go out to the fucking doctor's like island and try to like find out what's going on with her. And you know that they're all going to die because they're all singing songs on the way there. Right. So I was like, well, those guys are dead. Um, and then sure enough, um, David goes inside the most dangerous part, going wandering around in this fucking Lynx adventure fucking murder castle and fucking doesn't get harmed right away. But his other friends do. One guy looks in the well and then it's he sees in. he sees the body of the doctor in a cage crumpled up. Mm-hmm. No bites on him, still full faced, everything, just staring like an idiot. And then he gets pulled by Link onto that fucking cage and then mm-hmm. I guess dies. Who knows what happens? He gets eaten. But you see you see his like ragdoll body falling down the well, which was kind of funny. Yeah, it was funny. I like that. At the end of the thing, you know, basically they try to get out. I, there was a scene where fucking David gets stuck in the in the floorboards. I don't really understand how that happened or how Link got yeah, him in there. Re- that must have been a cutscene. It definitely had to been a cutscene because I was confused as shit as to how he got in there. Yeah, I didn't because know. it was hard for the chimpanzee to get in there. I don't know how the fuck David like tried to reach down in there and climb through or something like that. I, I just don't know. He was looking for something. Maybe he thought she escaped through the floor or something like that and then got stuck on his back. He wakes up and he hits his head, you know. But anyway, long story short, they, she had found a foreshadowing trap door in the kitchen floor where they have this whole fucking thing where she goes and checks it, goes out to the ocean, the shore. And then there's also like this part where the chimp is lighting matches and he's called the master of fire because it was from he's a 45 year old circus animal and so they you know he thinks he's really proud of lighting his cigars and everything like that and she's and david are downstairs after falling from the trap door on his broken leg he and her she starts screaming you know don't light your matches that's a bad chimp you're not a human to try to coax him into lighting the matches because she's turned up the gas in the basement to blow up the house because earlier he tries to light open the stove and it and it lets gas into the house and, and she has to like, cut it he, he likes matches and fire right so he almost burned down the house and then it blows up the house. Yeah. But he lives. He, he runs away. Yeah, nothing <laughs> happens to him. He climbs to the roof like King Kong. And the circus music is going on during the entire this entire intense scene. That's right. So he goes up to his little trapeze spot, and that little fucker falls right in the fire. <laughs> dead, I, dead monkey. Baby. We'll see. Yeah, well, the, like, the other version has the, the well open, so maybe he's like mm-hmm. a husk carcass with, like, melted face. He's like Two Face, <laughs> Two Face Monkey. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> Link Two. <laughs> two Faces of Evil. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was okay. There was some fun stuff to be had in there, but we do have another movie though, and I think uh, we might it, we might be in agreement on this one a little bit more than the other one. You might be surprised. I'm curious. Yeah. And this one is Monkey Shines from 1988. A quadriplegic man has a trained monkey help him with his paralysis until the little monkey begins to develop feelings, rage, against its new master. And they share a special telepathic bond that starts with murder. It's based off the book by Michael Stewart, who also wrote other movies like Midnight Edition and Eye of the Storm. We have director George A. Romero. Who's he? Oh, just some guy who did 
You know, this thing with zombies that made everybody want to make zombie films oh, all over the world. So sick of zombies. Yeah, well, I'm not. I always love them. But I'm not afraid to say it. Fuck all you guys who say you don't love them because you know when another one comes up, you're going to watch that motherfucker. And it'll probably be good. And you're well, gonna laugh. I don't know about that. but And you're going to laugh. You're going to watch it because you do. You just do. Anyway, he uh, obviously did Night of the Living Dead and all of the Dawn, Day, Survival, Island of the Dead. <laughs> no, it wasn't Island of the Dead. It was like there's Survival and Land of the Dead. And then there was one other one, the the, docket, the Diary of the Dead. Docket? <laughs> he did other that. movies, obviously, like Bruiser, um, Season of the Witch, and a ton of other stuff. This so. movie? Yeah, exactly. This... Uh, also had makeup effects by Tom Zavini, by the way, which this really isn't a very, you know, gory film or anything by any means whatsoever. He must have just put the foundation on. Yeah. Savini even said, yeah, it's a thriller movie, but he just wanted Tom Savini on board because he trusted him. You know, Rob, right. this was technically Romero's first studio film oh. with Orion Pictures. Mm -hmm. Some of the cast in this movie is Jason Beggy, who plays Alan, the quadriplegic. He uh, was in Thelma and Louise, G.I. Jane, Alien Nation TV series, which I've been kind of wanting to watch Alien Nation, the movie. But I think the TV show was on before it. The, it then, yeah, it was a TV show And then first. they made a movie after the first two years, because mm -hmm. that was a really popular show, and you never hear anybody talk about it. I know I brought it up on this podcast before. but Right. Anyway, he was also in Picket Fences, Full Eclipse, the werewolf movie, the action werewolf movie, Baby Monitor, Sound of Fear. <laughs> I had to write that one down because <laughs> I just, Baby Monitor, Sound of Fear. Oh, that's one movie. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was two separate movies. No, that's the, the tagline because apparently somebody had already taken Baby Monitor. Oh. So they probably had to put a tag, you know, like a, anyway. Everwood, Californication, and Chicago Big, or, and Chicago PD were some of his biggest roles. He did Chicago PD for like 200 and some episodes, so. Uh, John Pankow, which has Jeff, the scientist friend, he was in Mad About You for 156 episodes to... Wasn't he the neighbor? I think so. Yeah. It was Ira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he was also in To Live and Die in L.A., which is where George Romero saw him in, and he was like, oh, this is the guy I want to play Jeff. Oh. So uh, he was also in The Secret of My Success, Episodes, a TV show called Episodes, a stranger, a stranger, a stranger among us, batteries not included, and Rambo First Blood Two. Ah. Oh. We also got Stanley Tucci in here, who is uh, Doctor Wiseman, the prick. Speaking of Wiseman, he's played a lot of roles on movies and TV. Oh my God! As so a wise guy. So many. So many fucking guys, you know, fucking talking like this. He was in uh, Quick Change recently. We just watched that that uh, that Bill Murray movie where they fucking go, yeah. they go into the mobster hangout and they pretend like they're the guy collecting money. That movie's silly. I love that movie. Fuck you. It's such a good movie. If you've never seen Quick Change and you like Bill Murray, you need to watch that movie before you die. He was also on a TV show called Wise Guy as well, by the way. Slaves of New York. Quick. Oh my God. Yeah, he was in Slaves of New that York. That is. I, know. I need to get that movie. It's on my I thought list. we had it. I thought we no. had it on VHS. No, we don't. I've, it's in all my wish lists. Oh, that movie. Well, he's been in a ton of stuff like Undercover Blues, Deconstructing Harry, The Core, Lucky Number Eleven, ER, the TV show, Hunger Games movies, Transformer movies, Wasn't and everything. Wasn't he in like Devil's Wear Prada? Devil, the Devil Wears Prada? I don't Prada know. And... I don't remember. 
Okay, anyway, sorry. I'm not going to go over every single thing that he did, but I wanted to share a few. We have Kate McNeil, who played Melanie in the movie, the love interest. She was in The House on Sorority Row, Sudden Death, Space Cowboys, Bodies of Evidence TV show, and more. We got Joyce Van Patten, who played the mom. She started acting in the late 40s, so she's been in a ton of stuff, including Marley and Me, Grown Ups, The Good Guys TV show in the late 60s, The Bad News Bears, the actual original film, All of My Children, Unhappily Ever After, and more. We got Christine Forrest, which this was a really interesting kind of trivia one for me because she plays the nurse, Mary Ann, in this movie. And I never realized this, but she's the the she was actually the second wife of George Romero. He started dating her, I guess, while he was on the set for Dawn of the Dead or something like that, or got to know her in that period of time. I, he's been married three times. I didn't know that. But, you know, I don't I mean, I love George Romero, but I don't follow him that much. But anyway, she's the producer in dawn of the dead in the very beginning of the movie when she consoles the lead actress oh and she was also playing the elf biker chick she was also in the mall announcer that was like get your candy so so she's been with george romero yes and as a matter of fact funny enough they had her come back as the producer in tom savini's night of the living dead from 1990 And they also had her in Creepshow, Bruiser, (laughs) The Dark Half, Two Evil Eyes, Martin, Mm -hmm. Knight Riders, literally every single George uh, Romero movie she was almost in. Right. There's a lot of people in Dawn of the Dead, but to see him pick her out of that bunch and she played three different roles in that Mm -hmm. had to be something. Right. We also have Steven Root, one of his first roles, technically. He started this movie before he started... Crocodile Dundee 2, but Crocodile Dundee 2 beat this movie to the theater by one month. So this was, Uh, Crocodile Dundee 2 was his second movie technically, but uh, it's billed first. uh Uh, He also did Office Space, the stapler guy, you know, Dodgeball, King of the Hill, Barry TV. He also did Golden Years, the Golden Years miniseries for Stephen King, Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie you know robocop 3 and he does the voice of bubbles in finding nemo Mm -hmm. the game the movie everything Mm -hmm. uh we also got the monkey's name which was ella in the movie but her the real name is boo so ah and boo was only in another short film called boo and the cat ah this movie made about 5.3 million dollars at the box office and guess how much it cost them to make a million seven oh million How much did it make? 5.3. Oh. Box office flop. It's the fucking animals. No, I'll tell you why when we get to the trivia. Ah, okay. So, Christina, what did you think of this movie? And is this your first time watching it? Yes, this is my first time watching it. I do remember the VHS cover, but it never was really intriguing to me because I don't really give a shit about monkeys. They're not scary It's a pretty iconic cover, though. Yeah, it really is. It really is. This is kind of... Okay, this... Okay. This movie is kind of like... It's kind of fucked up. Because, like, everyone in the movie is really fucked up. Yeah, I know. It's like everyone in this movie is a villain. Even the quadriplegic, which, I mean, nothing really was his fault. And, like, everything's just kind of happening to him. But, Technically. But he is a, he he is an asshole. Everybody's an asshole. It's just really weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Like, every... And, yeah, it's like, who's the bad guy here? They're all the bad guys. Which was interesting, you know? Okay. So, which made the plot really good. Uh, essentially, you know, it's a genetically modified monkey, you know, that kind yeah. of is like going crazy and starts act- killing or accidents start to happen. Sure. You know? So, it was an interesting story. Uh, 
I was intrigued the whole time. The twist was kind of funny. There's like a twist in the, this that was kind of funny. There were like cool. There was some cool like shots of him in his wheelchair. Yeah. Where it kind of like panned with him, and you don't really see shit like that. George Romero does some really good shots in this movie. Yeah, I thought that was really good. But yeah, uh, I've I've watched again. I give her like a, a five, six out of ten. Not a six out of ten. How did you feel about what, whether it being a horror movie or not, and like what did you think about some of the scenes? Well, it's more with the monkey and stuff. It's more of a horror movie than the other one. Which kind of like okay, jagged edge, but yeah, it's more of a thriller. Definitely, it, it is a thriller, but it's got that little edge to it, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, little edge. It's a little bit more, a little bit more sci-fi scary. horror, almost. Yeah, yeah, because you have the the genetically modified monkey aspect to it, right? You know. Oh, plus you have like yeah, the sci-fi element to it because it's like a telepathic thing going on too. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil spoil anything. Did you find it to be at all scary or? Well, no, it's an 80s movie. That doesn't mean anything. There's 80s movies that I think are scary. What 80s movies are scary to you? City of the Living Dead is to me. Yeah. That was like one of the first serious fucking 80s movies I saw that, that like... Well, when, I mean, not as a child. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I wasn't a child when I first saw that. Oh, okay. I was in my teens. Okay. I was just asking. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I it, It's a thriller. It is a sci-fi thriller. Okay. Just trying to get more out of you. I want to know what you thought about the monkey. Did you like the monkey uh, more than the fucking orangutan from the first movie, the other movie we watched? Yes. Or did you like, you know. These were actually monkeys too, so, you know. Right. That was cool. Yeah, and I liked the story. I thought the story was really good. Monkeys with teeth too, which they don't normally do. Oh, yeah. They were like, and they showed that the monkeys were like growling, well, not growling, but like showing their teeth like they were growling. Right. It was important so. because there's some things in the movie. Yeah, well, you want them to come across as, you know, them being scary. Mm. You know, this monkey's going to kill you because it's just killed people. Right. Like, this monkey is capable of anything because it's been genetically modified to do whatever, you know, things happen. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a bigger message going on here, I think, personally. Right. But. Right. What did you think? Would you give it a score of? Six. Six out of ten? Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it a lot more than the first one, and I think I would definitely give this one a higher score than that. I could watch this again easily. It's not one that I'm like super into, but you know, it's 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 a fun, easy watch because George Romero does a lot of really great shots in the film. The acting is actually pretty decent, even though at times they are very emotional. And you know, these situations that people are in are some pretty fucking emotional situations. I would say, you know, it really kind of puts its thumb heavy on sort of the human aspect of what it would be like to be a quadriplegic or go through a situation where everything's falling apart around you. So there's like the family dynamic, the drama aspect of that, while they throw in this weird sci-fi sort of bio-engineered sort of monkey that is like helping out a quadriplegic to make him sort of feel better about life kind of thing. So it's got a lot going on for it to be just a regular kind of boring movie, kind of like Link was, you know, which is just bad monkey do bad things and that's it no this is like a whole new thing and there's a lot of messaging in it if you were to re-watch this movie multiple times i think first of all i think it's an underrated film i don't think it's as bad as it was when it came out in theaters there's reasons i looked it up and found out there was reasons why this movie didn't do so well and it picked up a large following at the rental um market oh so a lot of people rented this one mm-hmm. um and that's where it found its audience you know not right. everybody loved it but they liked it a lot more than they were thinking right so 
Uh, and I think there is stuff in here that definitely provides that. Now, would I have loved it to be more gory, more intense, more scary? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But it is a really good, a decent thriller story. It definitely feels like... I, I always kept thinking like this was a Stephen King movie mm -hmm. because of how it's written and how like the story shine the it shine just, it reminds me of a Stephen King story it yeah. really does yeah it does um but you know it's it, you know you know he, George doesn't fall far from the, the Stephen King's tree the I horror guess. tree yeah, yeah. <laughs> or one of the ways <laughs> the horror thriller tree right but I think it works I think it's you know it's not what people were kind of wanting from George Romero but I think it's more along the speed that he wanted to prove that he could do a studio film and actually make a a, a pretty straightforward more complex than it seems uh, on the outside film Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, I don't know, like, you know, because George Romero always had like the sociopolitical thing that he was always having in all of his films. There, mm -hmm. the, you can find it in pretty much everything. And this has that sort of element of uh, what he called a, a, a Jekyll and Hyde story mm -hmm. between the man and the monkey and how humans are really flawed. And now we pervert everything around us in sort of ways. And like through science, we even perverted even more because of our hubris. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily science's fault, just our hubris that gets in the way of that. Mm -hmm. That we do not see where that you know what we're doing now will cause this later of ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And so you know, there's that Jekyll and Hyde thing going on here between the two of them. But he's a paraplegic, so obviously he's not running around as himself doing it. It's through this monkey that's Hyde. And I thought that was a really interesting thing, and it's a good way to put it. I think it's uh, I thought I thought like I really like the monkey because it's very entertaining. The monkey is it can do all these tricks and stuff, and there's like moments of levity in the film where you're kind of like happy for him because this guy really needs a break, and then it goes all downhill when like his mom comes over and he starts screaming at her like she's a fucking a demon. <laughs> 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 Which is a little over the top, but, you know, I get it. You know, we don't always get along, you know. Right. Maybe she voted a certain way and he doesn't <laughs> get along with her. And it's like, you know, that's how families are these days anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what was going on at the time, guys. But uh, anyway, long story short, I think it's a fun thriller. It's an interesting way to tell a story and do different things. Obviously, did you say it was like Patrick or was that the other movie that we talked about that they did Patrick? Oh, that was the other movie, but I... It has yeah, similarities, right? I, I looked, well, I've never seen Patrick, but I, I read the synopsis of it and I was like... It sounds huh. like this. And I was like, oh crap, it's, yeah, I was like, oh, it's not that movie, it's the other movie. So it's kind of weird, like, you know, because like in Patrick, there's a guy that's like bed bound and he's like... Yeah, he's like in a coma, but he's telepathically... But he's controlling people or the something. The nurse, he's... he's He's like controlling the nurse. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting because this is kind of like how it's the same thing a little mm -hmm. bit. But, you know, it's the uh, 80s. They were messing around with a lot of stuff like this. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'd say this is probably like a 6.5 or 7. I would say 7. I'm just going to say mm -hmm. 7 out of 10. It's not one that I, I personally take interest in. Um, I'm more of the like, you know, I like supernatural creatures, stuff that's like off the wall bananas. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't mean money, uh, monkeys, by the way, <laughs> because obviously this would fit the bill. Um, but I mean, like, you know, it is a good, solid film. I think it's much better than people give it credit. And I think it's worth a watch. It doesn't resonate very well with me. Would I like to add it to my collection? Yes, if they re-put it out, I'd probably pick it up. I like to own the VHS. Oh, that's a good way. That's a good way. Mm -hmm. Do we have it? <laughs> we have what? We have so many VHS. I don't know. We might have it. I don't I know. I don't think so. Anyway. 
But yeah, if you'd like to check it out, you can watch it up on Amazon. It's free for the subscription or Pluto, however you want to do it. Nice. But yeah, it was seven for me, six for you, 6.5 between the two of us. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little low. That's the first time I would say that. I thought you were going to yeah. go seven. I really did. Mm, nah. Were you, are you videotaping? No, I'm looking at VHS. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, I was like, what are you doing? She's like looking up Monkey Shines on VHS. I am. It's about 10 bucks on Amazon. Uh, that's not too bad. No, it's not bad at all. Anyway. Ooh, so, look, they have beta. They have it on beta. Betamax. Yeah, it's 50 freaking dollars. Yeah, well, we don't have a Betamax player, so good luck. <laughs> anyway, if you guys want to check it out and come back, we're going to get into our spoilers now and the trivia and everything like that. There's some good stuff in here. So if you don't want anything spoiled, here is your warning. So the monkey is what they call a, a capuchin monkey. These aren't like... A regular monkey. It's not like a Reese monkey. <laughs> like a curious They're a little George. bigger than Reese monkeys, which are the tiny ones, like mm-hmm. the small ones. These are pretty much where the go-to monkeys that actually did at the time there was a program that helped out paraplegics and this is all based off of that kind of lore and they use like these capuchin monkeys i'm guessing they don't do that anymore no i think it's uh, because it's just it's a lot inhumane. of work no it's, it's it's like you have to have a trainer for the fucking monkey so you might you're paying two things you know what right, i mean right. so it's like no yeah you might as well just get a nurse right or you know maybe make it smarter and then you can have both like this movie does. <laughs> Get some nurse genes, scrape yeah, off the brain, yeah, true. inject it into the monkey, and then yeah, boom. it can take your temperature, fucking, uh, you know, check your blood, and uh, also kill water? you and your yeah. friends for yeah. you telepathically. <laughs> um, this movie was released the same day as, get this, Cocktail, which is the one of the biggest movies that Tom Cruise had done other than... than, than and Top Gun. Elizabeth Shue was in Cocktail. Right. And uh, that's another connection right there. So, but Cocktail came out July 29th, 1988, same date as this one, mm. which killed this movie, they think. A lot of people say anyway, especially George Romero. Just like Taylor Swift's going to kill everything coming <laughs> oh out God. in October. Well, Cocktail was Taylor Swift at the time, and it got <laughs> number one that month, you know, which... Monkey Shines was beat out by Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Die Hard, Big, and more. Mm-hmm. So it never hit the top 10. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So no wonder it did good in the video store. Right. Yeah. It's some of those things just happen. You know, a lot of people didn't go out to the theaters as much as they do, I think, now. It's weird, right? Well, we have I a lot know. more people, think- but. No, because they still had like the big blockbusters and stuff. I think uh, people went to the movie theaters. After back then, I remember, after the big C happened here the past couple of years ago, I don't like right. to say it on here because they'll fucking mark our podcast. By the way, guys, after that happened, I well, thought yeah. th- I thought theaters were gone for good, and then I realized you know that there's just this hunger for people to go out. It's, it's yeah, and do things. It's American. It's Amer. You're wholly yeah, American. Yeah, the, the movie theater is a very American thing. thing to do, and that's why it has survived. And like, well, it, it's I not mean, just American, but I mean, you know, it's for our culture here in America. Our 
brewing pit of idiocy and like movies but and then blockbuster died just because of streaming and stuff i mean people are streaming so it's like it isn't like people aren't watching movies yeah they're just watching everything everywhere right (laughs) but anyway this was like basically a a string of really bad ideas by orion pictures who didn't really understand horror or any good films for that matter as a matter of fact uh george romero spoke on it he was like these people these people they hated (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to do his voice. He's, I, I love him to death. Um, he did. He said that they didn't like Dances with Wolves, and they they, they that was like one of the biggest movies for that decade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Silence of the Lambs, which they seriously thought was like, like literally, they thought it was garbage. Which was like movie, which was like the movie of the year. Yeah, it's like, and Romero was like, they kept films that they should have thrown away in the garbage, and they hated films that made a lot of money. It just made no sense so all of those bad decisions whoever was running and in charge of that of the ryan in 1991 they had to they 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 got bought out basically went bankrupt from all of these poor decisions and then people basically just feasted on their catalog of movies (laughs) (laughs) whoever bought them out i guess but originally the studio hated the name monkey shines so they wanted to call the movie an experiment of fear because they thought that that rang better than Monkey Shines than the book. Isn't this is this titled Monkey Shines Experiment of Fear? Because it has it in that. the in the in the thing, but it was yeah. They George was like, no, nah, I don't like. Yeah. I don't like that. But they still left it in. They also he didn't like the cover either with the the fucking the toy monkey the toy monkey which I think is iconic. I do too. I think that's a bad call on George for that one. But I can understand he was like, what does this have to do with my movie? Like I, I feel like this, you know, because like he's a little deeper. It's a monkey. But honestly, I think the the studio was right on that one because that is to me one of the more iconic posters. Yeah, is that monkey, mm-hmm. and it will always be epitomized as that movie. You know, for me. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely not want to call this movie an experiment of fear. <laughs> but they put that whole poem on the on the trailer, so it's like this whole fucking huge poem. I'm not gonna read it for you. Maybe I'll make a video about it for like <laughs> vinegar or for on like uh, TikTok, TikTok, yeah, or something like that. Put it up on the YouTube or something as a reel or whatever. But if you want to check it out, I'll include that to the trailer, the original trailer in the notes of this podcast. So. But on the poster, it said, you know, it shortened the, the, the story of a man and a monkey down to like two sentences. Right. George said he always hated it. He didn't like any of that shit. The film was met with criticism from some disability rights organizations such as ADAPT and the Adapting Society. Which makes sense. Yeah, it was because they were used, because of the depiction of a toy monkey in a wheelchair in the initial program promotional materials that they used because they had a, yeah, monkey in a wheelchair. And uh, they thought that that kind of made people in wheelchairs look kind of bad. Well, and I think, I won't spoil anything, mm-hmm. but are we in spoilers? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I do understand because towards the end of the movie, they were like, we could fix your back and you'll be able to walk again. And it's like, no, no, it doesn't work like that. Well, that's actually based on some real shit. Like George Romero actually researched it. Why? Because in the original book, uh, he never gets up and walks again. 
Right, because usually that's what happens. That's right. what I'm saying. But because he looked into it and said that the accident caused on one side was right. a, it was a degenerative disease that he had and that the, caused his neck to go like and the first doctor fucked him up and just right. didn't yeah. But anyway But I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that ending. A lot of people didn't like the ending of him getting up either, and I'll get into that in a second. But members of ADDAP formed a picket line in wheelchairs at the Hollywood Pacific Theater the Saturday of the film's opening. And Bill Bolte, a member of the Adept California, com- commented on the idea of a monkey attendant turning into a monster is appalling. On August 10th, Orion Pictures issued a public apology removing the content from the media advertisements for the film and promising to consult disability experts for promotional materials of upcoming projects. Uh, so, hey, you guys think cancel culture wasn't around? Uh, <laughs> guess what? It's always been around. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Romero turned a 251-page script to producers, and they were not happy with this. Because if anybody who knows how to write scripts, I mean, obviously, you write a script. He was kind of like Dan Aykroyd going in there with like a 500-page fucking Ghostbusters fucking movie. Uh And literally, a page is supposed to be a minute of time in a movie. So if you got 250, it would have been like a three, four-hour movie. Right. Easy. Right. You know what I mean? So, like... They had to cut it down. They trimmed it down a whole lot. He wasn't really fond of all the sex scenes in the movie, to be honest. He trimmed those down himself, George Romero. The producers wanted the sex in there. Of course. So, but a lot of the stuff that was also cut in the film was the stuff that he wanted to keep in there. But the the uh, production company was a little worried because of the disability thing. There was a part with a open brain scene, and then there was another scene of the monkey getting fucking beat on shit, like monkey abuse, essentially. <laughs> so they thought, oh, well, let's not push the fucking envelope too much because we already got, you know, the ADAPT after us. So The monkey's, like, slapping them and shit. Yeah, like- FEMA's going to be next, and they're like, we can't afford this shit. This movie's already going to fucking bomb. <laughs> so apparently Pankow was set to play Jeff in the movie, but the manager didn't give him the script. Oh. So his manager was like, nah, he's, he's better than this. He doesn't need this garbage. And so George Romero actually bumped into him at a, some sort of like Hollywood engagement and asked him personally to be in it. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Oh. So kind of beat him to the punch. Um, but they usually remove monkey's teeth, as I was mentioning to you guys, because it is very dangerous to have monkeys to work with that, you know, can't bite. You know, you don't want to get any, oh, yeah, yeah. anybody to get hurt. Or you so don't like want... fangs. Yeah, they too, are. The fangs. Yeah. And they show that. And this I didn't notice until the second time I watched it is they show Alan when he gets really angry. He has teeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He bit his lip yeah. at the end, you know. Yeah. Because his teeth grew like the monkeys. And it's more symbolic. I don't think it means... It's supposed to be the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing that I was talking about. Right. Is that all of his frustrations and anger are being the put monkey. into the monkey. Yeah. yeah. And that the monkey is really just the sort of Frankenstein creature. You know what I mean? Like, right. He's not evil. It's just we're the evil ones making yeah, exactly, it evil. Yeah, exactly. Because he kept getting injected and shit. Right. Yeah, we it's not like his evil. choice or anything like right. that. Right. And then when it becomes human, it becomes fucking this other thing, right? Right. Because he says, you're more human than monkey now. Right. And it gets smarter and smarter and smarter. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's kind of like a George Romero wanted to make this movie about, you know, he liked the dichotomy between animals and and humans and how, how we think we're better than these animals. But really, we're the worst. Right. So, and I think that's a, you know, that's echoed in a lot of different films, you know, especially Planet of the Apes and Mm -hmm. everything else. 
but yeah, they had a lot of monkeys that they used. There was like ninety percent of the movie was done by the Bella monkey, the original one, the the Boo. But they did have other monkeys that they put in there just in case to try to scare because there was a lot of scenes where they wanted to get a reaction out of the monkey, so they tried to scare it a specific way. Like one time they did a you know tambourine, they came in around the corner and to tape it, and it was like ah, like trying to act it like it's angry. Uh huh. But if you did it once, it wouldn't get scared a second time. Right. So they had to do something different every time. Oh, my God. With different things. And they were using all kinds of stuff to try to do it. That poor monkey. Uh, uh, Did they use... They should have tried to use the, the guy who dresses up as a plant and scares people. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it would have worked once, you know, like, so... Oh. Hmm. Anyway, Romero liked the name of Ella so much in this story that he got kind of obsessed with a little bit that he wanted to actually put Ella Fitzgerald's music in the film. And, okay. and because of all the controversy and everything like that, I guess they wouldn't do it. So apparently Fitz, Ella Fitzgerald thought it would be insulting to use a monkey in place of her music or something like that. Uh, so they ended up using some Peggy Sue thing. So Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Um, Romero wanted to get Henry Mancini for the film to do the music, but Orion apparently just did not like Mancini. They didn't want anything to do with him. They always thought they had the better idea. So they had, he had already kind of worked with Mancini and kind of did these like songs and stuff. We worked with someone who wrote music because he had ideas that he wanted to pand over to Mancini mm-hmm. and so that he could you turn it into a masterpiece. And he, they said no to him. So he picked another Academy Award winner, which was David Shear, who showed him he showed him the work that he was going to do with Manzini and then he said oh I can try to do something a little closer to that but my own style and in the end George Romero actually said that he thinks he came up with something better than even Mancini would have gotten. Oh, that's good. So I, I think it's a pretty decent score. Yeah. It's not it's not memorable to me but it really works for the movie. It works for the movie. And it's not some fucking you know gremlin soundtrack to a fucking <laughs> monster movie or exactly. whatever you know. Exactly. Circus. <laughs> Circus movie. Yeah. Also, Romero wanted to make Alan walk in the end. That was actually his idea because in the book, like I said, they didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And they were going to have the ending where the boss scientist, the Stephen Root guy, the red-haired guy with the glasses, Steeper, was like up to no good. Oh, him too? Yeah, and it was like he was up to his own monkey shines. Right. Which is an old terminology, by the way, guys, just in case you don't know. When you were up to no good, you were doing monkey shines. That's that's an 1800s reference. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they used that. And also, I was pointing out to Christina, I was like, wait, didn't we get <laughs> The Shining? And like in the movie The Shining, the, the shine. kid has the shine, the, shine. the psychic ability. They probably got that so from that term. I wonder if it's like a double entendre. I don't, I don't really hear people point it out. I couldn't find anything on it about that. Mm. But maybe somebody's thought about that. But you heard it here first. That's why we do all the big, that's why we're the biggest podcast on the planet, guys. All right. You get all that great shit here. What do we do? Or <laughs> other horrible podcasts. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Much worse podcasts out there, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, um, but they ended up using uh, the his his ending to a test audience, and it, it didn't do too well. But Orion wanted to do something like a jump scare, like the end of Carrie, you know, like where right. the hand comes out of the ground or whatever, and grabs her arm mm-hmm. or whatever, just stupid shit like that. Romero was like, "Fuck no, man! This is not that movie, dude. Like, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> 
They ended up getting that in the end because you see the monkey come out of his back. Oh, uh, well. Remember? It, well, yeah, it like I remember. pops up. I remember, but that was like, that wasn't like the end ending. Right, it but they like, had it in there either way. They, yeah. they got what they wanted. Oh, I see. Okay. That's what I'm saying because this is Romero's movie. Right. He said, you know, and the fucked up thing is, is they made him shoot that scene with the monkey coming out of the back. And because of that, he'd already been on the set for so long they had to reshoot that and because of it he lost his job as a director for guess which Stephen King movie uh oh what was this in the Pet Cemetery. ah that sucks so he didn't get to do that one but you know fair enough Mary Lambert did it I think she did a pretty decent job oh yeah definitely he uh george romero replied on that he said i think i thought my ending played well but i'll admit you know the testing results were overwhelming in favor of a current version he said, to Orion's credit, they said, it's up to you. We'll release it either way. Oh, that's nice. So I decided to go along and not fight it, but I'll always miss it. Right. So producer Charles Evans said that there was like an oral, the, the, the sex scene with the paraplegic. It's one of the first ones, by the way, in the history. <laughs> I don't know if there's porn what? out there. Maybe there is. Why are you laughing? <laughs> My paraplegic porn star, you know, or something, you know, like. It's just weird thinking about it because there's got to be something else that's been done. You know, you think about anything that you right. can think of, porn has done it first. That's why I'm laughing. Oh, okay. It's because, like, I feel like porn probably did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they were like, hey, it's a Christopher Reeves porno or something. You know, I don't know. Something different. She doesn't want to laugh. <laughs> Well, He's just said, a famous fucking porn. I mean, a famous actor that you can. <laughs> Christopher Reeves, a would, famous porn actor. No, I'm saying you spoof <gasps> big movies, so you you know what I mean. I know. Anyway, I'm stupid. All right, I'll shut up. Um, I'm not being ableist. Okay, fuck you guys. <laughs> Anyway, I just think it's weird because there was like a lot of oral sex in that scene and they really, really wanted to show it up. And George Romero was not really that into it. So they were like fucking, you know, they were she was nude and they did a lot of stuff. Apparently she sat on his face, I think, at one point in time. Jesus. They said that it got really raunchy. They said explicit. There was a scene of really explicit sex that they toned down. And I think it was when Jesus. she was. OK, no, listen to me. When she had her hands on that rig that you pull like people yeah. out of their bed. Yeah. She was on there. She wasn't riding up and down like you would, you know, in a sex scene. Like they weren't even trying. Okay. I'll be honest. Like not that I love sex scenes in a movie. I'm just saying I noticed that she, there was no gyration going on. And okay. she had to be the fucking sole proprietor of, of the gyration because he can't. So I was sorely disappointed in the sex scene. Two out of ten. Would not watch again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, like, uh, it got really raw, and I think that's what happened is, like, it got really in there. And I'm just wondering, like, is that in the book? Is that why he was, maybe, mm -hmm. like, it was like that? Because if George didn't want it, and he wrote the script... You said the the studio wanted it. I guess they did kind of want it more. Anyway, George kept toning it down and toning it down. Apparently, Chris uh, Charles Evans said, I wanted it to be a little grittier, but George didn't see it that way. As I look back now and see the result, I think he was right. That's what Evans said. Mm -hmm. And I think so, too, because it does seem a little weird. Like, they could have just been in love, and it really wouldn't have mattered. Right. You know, like, more monkey shines. Give me more monkey shines. Right. You know, make the monkey, like, Kill throw, throw somebody else. off a fucking building or something, you know, right. with his mind powers. Which... 
Powerpuff Girls. Come on. <laughs> think about it. Mojo Jojo. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was trying to think of his name. <laughs> He's like the really intelligent monkey that's like controlling everything. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for all of the trivia. Now, there was a thing in the movie I want to mention. There was a thing where the, I don't know if you caught this. Do you remember when Jeff was injecting himself before he would inject the monkey? Yeah. He was using a substance known as Parnit. Parnit. Oh, and you looked that up. Yeah, I looked it up. Parnate is used for, to treat symptoms of depression, especially in treatment with other types of antidepressants that have failed. There are many different types of medicines used to treat depression. Parnate belongs to a group of medicines called monoamine oxidase inhibitor, M-A-O-I, antidepressants. Christina would probably know all about this. M-A-O-I, yeah. It contains the active ingredients of tranecyclopramine, which is, you know, depression is longer lasting and more severe than the low moods that everyone has from time to time. And this is what this helped with. He was shooting it up to basically stay positive, stay focused right. and, and like stay awake. Get high. Because he has that talk with with uh, Alan. He's like, hey, you know, this way I'm, I'm up 12 more hours every day or every week or something like that and if you add that up by the end of the year that's a lot of time that i got extra time so i'm basically living twice you should have just smoked meth <laughs> i mean essentially <laughs> jesus did you want to mention some scenes in this he just got released from the hospital so they're like throwing him this party right so then Jeffrey, is, his friend shows up. Everybody leaves. And so it's just him and his friend Jeffrey, the mad scientist guy who's injecting himself with meth. Okay. <laughs> and, and this is before like the monkey comes into the picture. But so, okay. So Alan's girlfriend, her name's Linda, uh, was was with him, you know, before he got hit by the car and, and was a quadriplegic. Right. Right. So Jeffrey is talking or sorry, Alan's talking to Jeffrey and was saying like that she's you know gonna leave him you know and jeffrey's like if linda walks out on you fuck her and then jeff goes i can't <laughs> and then he fucks dude then immediately after he sticks his head in a fucking garbage or a fucking dry cleaning bag you oh, know yeah, that they put over the thing he tries to kill himself by suffocating and we're like jesus christ jesus christ is deep we forgot that he tries to do that in the movie i, I don't remember that part Right. Because we, we were like, what the fuck? He walks into the kitchen and he's like, sees his head underneath the bag and he's like, <gasps> yeah. but it's funny too, because right after that happened, he found out that Linda's dating the doctor that saved his life. Right. That's right. And, yeah. And then, yeah, Jeffrey called her a clinical cunt. You clinical cunt. Yeah. He's like, what is this clinical fucking dickhead to your fucking patients? Clinical fucking, I'm going to steal your girlfriend because you're in a wheelchair fucking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those parts were funny. Yeah, that was funny because Stanley Tucci in this movie is quite the creepy douche. And uh, he does it really well. And it's like, you can kind of tell because he's like checking out the girl in the beginning of the movie. And then he He's like making fun of the fucking like there's so many paraplegic jokes in this movie. It's almost yeah. distasteful. In like, a way. That's why they were protesting. Right. They like because they can, they he's like when he goes into the fucking hospital the first time fucking Stanley Tucci's like, hey, he's got more hair on his ass than you to the girl next to him. And he's like, what? We can't have fun. And, you know, well, everything's got to be about cancel culture now. <laughs> <laughs> Told you guys it was back then, too. You know, you got canceled. He got canceled by fire. 
God, imagine how that was back then. You know, at least you're not getting burned alive while fucking. You know what I mean? Anyway, Stanley Tucci gets fucking whacked, dude, by the fucking monkey. Yeah, the monkey goes in and and kills the both of them by setting them on fire. <laughs> yeah, which I love the scene where the mom answers the phone and she's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like the dumb bitch that fucking screwed you over and fucked your doctor who tried to kill you and ruin your life is dead. Is dead, and he's like, "Oh, let me guess, fire." And she's like, "What?" Yeah, because How did he you know? because he saw it all happen with his mind power. Mind powers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like how he's like kind of conflicted going back and forth with it. And that's the whole, the, uh, you know, the addiction thing sort of, you know, because like he's, he's got this monkey that's brought everything, you know, joy into his life and some help. And it's been better than the nurse who he hates. Yeah. The nurse is a bitch and she had a right. bird. And you know what? People with birds... They creep me out. Uh, I wouldn't make a stereotype about people with birds. I'm going to do it because <laughs> birds are creepy. Yeah, okay. So and you're people all... who own birds are creepy. Yeah, if you, if you own a bird, you should be dead. You're fucking creepy. <laughs> we don't like people with birds around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't I, don't like, I, I don't like birds. They always try to attack me. I know, like, I don't know how many people that have birds. I, I've always wanted one, but I, you know, I smoked for such a long time. I was like, this is going to kill it. You know what I mean? I don't want to yeah. fucking... It'll lose its hair or some crazy shit because they're, like, super, super sensitive. Like, yeah. Like the cockatoos, cockatiels, or the the big birds, the big ones that look like parrots. Parrots. They're not parrots. They're the... Yeah, I don't know. The it's cockatoos. A, it's a fucking bird. It doesn't matter. They're big, and they, they fucking talk. And, and they're they, scary, and they'll fucking peck your eyes out. Yeah, they'll eat your... Like, if you leave them in a room for days on end, they'll eat your body. Well, all animals will do that. It doesn't Drag matter who... Drag your half-eaten corpse around. You're, you're, <laughs> any animal will eat you if it's hungry. <laughs> I know. We were... T- Cats and dogs, man. Those they fuckers. don't give a fuck. What was Once, that? What was that? And I saw that recently, and it was like, yeah, if you get locked in a room with a fucking dog, they'll think about it for a while. But after a while, it'll fucking it'll eat you. And then uh, if a cat's in there, it'll just no go hesi- for your head right no, away. No hesitation. It'll with the cat. remove your head. Yep. Yep. Decapitate you. That's wild, dude. Anyway. Those fuckers when those they're hungry, they're hungry. They don't give a fuck. Imagine a cockatiel peck your fucking nostrils out <laughs> they'll peck your neck off i'll try to lay eggs in your beak <laughs> anyway yeah this movie ends with basically like jeff coming to the rescue realizing that he was wrong for trying to trick his friend you know to use a fucking bioengineered fucking monkey that he used from the brain cells but of a woman who was really smart or something like that he was it was too late because the monkey had just injected him with the poison that he brought to inject with the monkey because the monkey was smarter than him. And it's probably because all that meth got to his brain. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. To Jeff's brain. Well, so. that Parnate. Yep. Kids, this is your brain on Parnate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, he, he stabs him in the back a couple of times. Jeff ends up dying. And then, of course, um, I forget what happens to the monkey now. My brain's like farting. Oh, oh! I thought it was funny because Melody shows up, right? And uh, uh, sh- uh, the monkey starts attacking her with a hanger, right? And then Melody, uh, she she twists her ankle and then she hits her head on the table and passes out, oh, yeah. which I thought was funny. So then the monkey lights a match, right? Oh, but before that, the monkey went and he peed on Jeff. On his lap. Or not Jeff, I'm sorry, yeah. Alan. 
Yeah, he went pee. Is that on what it. he bites his lip? Yeah, and then oh oh, that's what happens is um, Alan uh, bites the monkey and then starts flinging the monkey. Right. With his head, <laughs> which and he was just flinging it around and the yeah, ultimate that's get how it back. Di- that's yeah. how it died. Which coincidentally, he got some of that bioengineering in his mouth. And uh, got a quick surgery, and now he's walking again. So it's a miracle. It's a miracle, but his back does now give birth to mini. Uh, what do they call them? Chichumung? What do they call the monkeys? Oh, I don't. I don't remember. But yeah, that's when they had the jump scare part, which is pretty cool. And they should have ended it. Like Chapuchin that. monkeys. That's what it is. They should have ended it with the monkey jumping, coming out of the back during yeah. surgery. You got a monkey on your back. What? <laughs> Which, all of this goes back to, and we have to mention the monkey thing, because this is in other stuff, because it's also in The Simpsons, where they have the monkey in it, where it's always pointing at him. Oh, that's right. And that's, or is that, no, that's, actually it's in Family Guy and it's in The Simpsons, because they do, they that episode where the monkey is has the on and off, or no, no, that's a different one, but there is a monkey <laughs> episode, trust me, I know. Okay. And then there's also in The Family Guy as well, where they have the, Christopher always sees the, the monkey. Mm-hmm. In the closet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure of that. I don't know Family Guy. Yeah, Monkey Shines has been referenced a lot. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Anyway, I just had to mention that before the end because someone's going to be like, what the fuck, you don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we decided that we're going to graduate from tiny animal monkeys to troglodilical people that are like man-beast apes <laughs> next week. So we're graduating to the next class of cryptids uh, that you might want to see, and that is Trog from 1970, which you're going to have to rent that one, I think. Or we're going to have to rent it on Prime for like $2.99. Yeah, $2.99, you can rent it to check it out. It was put out by Scream Factory at some point in time, but I I think it went out of print. So you might be able to watch it if someone has it, but it isn't up anywhere that I know of other than to rent on Amazon. So if you want to rent it for three bucks, it's a wacky movie, guys. Just watch the trailer if you're unsure. But this is going to be a wacky fucking episode, okay? So <laughs> these, oh gosh. these are really weird films. So we're watching Trog from 1970 and... Shriek of the Mutilated from 1974. That's right. So two movies from the 70s. About upright monkey piece that that kill everyone around them. Mm-hmm. Cream, get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. It's the troglodilical people. <laughs> Trala dollar dollar. <laughs> no, there was the tralalogs, which was in the movie The Pit, that can eat the Canucksploitation film about the boy who like feeds the tralalogs in the in the in the hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. He feeds them humans after a while. He, like, dumps in an old lady. We did it on the episode. It was pretty funny. Oh, uh, I don't remember. But, yeah, the trog is, like, from troglodyte, which has been one of the words that I think you can't say on certain platforms anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think wow. I don't know why. I think Twitch says that you can't say it on, on stream, mm-hmm. which is really weird. That is weird. I mean, is there really, a, like, a set class, protected class of people that are troglodytes? I don't know. I don't know where the word stems from, so maybe I'm using it. And, and I should be careful. <laughs> it's some sort of like extremely racist thing, and I'm like throwing it around like, oh Jesus, no! He's <laughs> people are like Jesus, Alex, no! <laughs> Don't worry, guys, everything's all right. I'm sorry, I just get a little out of control. <laughs> anyway, the movie's called Trog. Anyway, so fuck you. 
<laughs> I didn't write it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I hope we get to see you next week, guys. I hope you enjoy what we talked about today and anything we miss. Let us know in the comment section down below. We'd love to hear your thoughts on both of these movies, Link and uh, Monkey Shines. So let us know which one yours is your favorite. And if you like them both or if you didn't like Link as much or you did, let us know in the comment section down below. But other than that, thank you guys so much for coming by. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. And as always, long live the void. Thank you.